When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. SEN Test Cricket for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. Three overs we got in the early starts, and then the rain started to fall in Sydney. It closed in ominously ahead of the first ball. So two for 148. One run added. That was off the bat of Usman Khawaja. He's 55. Steve Smith is noughts. The timing's not terrible at all from one perspective. Is Nick Hockley was going to join me during play. Oh, I was going to encourage him to call a ball, but uh, <laughs> that's not to be. So let's have our regular day two chat. Nick, welcome to SEN Test Cricket. Happy Thanks, New Jared. Year. Happy New Year to you. You've been downstairs at the statue unveiling, which uh, by all accounts has been a joyous occasion. Uh, just magnificent. A really proud day for cricket. Really proud day, I think, for Australian sport. Um, Belinda, absolutely great to the game. Um, obviously, an amazing playing career. I've very, been very fortunate to work with her as an administrator, and uh, I think it's just great recognition that Australia has really led the way in growing the sport for women and girls um, and an inspiration for for generations to come. So what is her place as a a pioneer in the game? I think she, um, really the first era, um, well, well, standing on the shoulders of of, of giants before, but um, really bringing uh, cricket as a sport for women and girls um, onto the public consciousness and um, yeah, a great leader, great leader, great captain, and then to, to continue on and, um, you know, I had the privilege to work with her on the on the, the T20 World Cup two years ago and um, really a, a, a real visionary and um, it's just given so much to the game. And significant as we were recounting the, uh, the community-wide lack of female figures recognised by statues and that's obviously been true in sport, so significant to have the first female athlete unveiled here at the ground? Um, I think so, and great credit to Venues New South Wales, Tony Shepherd, Kerry Mather. We formed a Cricket Australia, a uh, little w- a working group, a women, recognition of women in cricket working group, um, and there's been lots of people advocating, um, advocating for this level of recognition. It's astonishing that it's the first one. It's completely overdue. Uh, I think there's 58 or 59 statues of male cricketers so um, there's a long way to go to redress the balance but um, today's a really really important milestone and a very historic day. Would you hope to see that replicated at the MCG where there's the the avenue of champions there? Absolutely and we've made that clear on a number of occasions um, to the Melbourne Cricket Club and um, yeah I think uh, Ange Pippos uh, down in Melbourne's been actively campaigning for a statue of Betty Wilson for for some time, so hopefully um, this is a bit of a prompt to, to see that happen in, in the very near future. We're watching a certain pageant go on in front of us, Nick. The covers came off and there was a cheer and then the covers have gone back on and there's been a boo. Did we lose too much play yesterday? Oh, I think it was just extremely frustrating, um, particularly the combination of light and rain. Um, and... I just really feel for for everyone, the the fans, obviously here at the ground, but watching all around the world, um, and then the players. I mean, everyone wants to just see cricket being played. So, yeah, a, a very frustrating day. You, you know, 
you expected maybe a bit of rain to kind of pass through and I'm 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 looking at the flags now over here and I'm, I'm pleased to see that there's you know a decent wind that actually the, the rain will pass through so we hope for a lot more a lot more play but um, to see bad light in the heart of the Australian summer it's um, something you might expect in kind of headingly in early June but um, yeah no, it was a very frustrating day yesterday. Steve Waugh strikes me as the least controversial figure in Australian cricket but he was moved through pure frustration yesterday to tweet about the need to modernise what are archaic rules within test cricket. Does he have a point? I think I think he was voicing the frustration of all of us. Um, I think that clearly the rules are there with safety in mind. Um, and I think that has to be everyone's priority. Um, I mean, I'm hopeful that with uh, lighting upgrades, there's a, there's a big move to LEDs um, from you know, the traditional bulbs that... Um, you know, that we can continue to, you know, we see fewer and fewer of, of these types of delays. But, you know, I think yesterday Steve was voicing everyone's frustration. It's a frustration that, that we share, um, but uh, the rules are there for, for people's safety and, and, we, and we have to prioritise that at all costs. Do you know whether there is a, uh, a, a timeline on up, upgrading the lights at this ground? Um, I'm, I'm not aware of um, any timeline. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a magnificent ground, and I think that's something that we're, we're so blessed um, in Australia, just the quality of the, the grounds. Um, the, the lighting is fantastic at all of the, the, the big venues. So, um, again, just, uh, just really, really frustrating yesterday. Could you imagine a time where a day test was able to use a pink ball for a period of time to keep play going during bad light? I think changing of the ball during play is really problematic. Uh, I think that introduces uh, a little bit too much variability into, into the game. Um, clearly, when you take the new ball, um, the state of the ball is, is a key part of, of the nuance of, of test cricket. So yeah, I think calls for a pink ball, um, I can't see that kind of getting too much traction. Is this the right time of year for the Sydney Test? Is there Rick Finlay keeps the stats on days lost, and this is the outlier by miles at this time of year in Sydney. So I know it's a centrepiece in this town. Is it the actual right time for the Test match? I think so. Uh, I think it's um, it's a iconic event on the sporting calendar. Um, people plan their entire holidays around it. We saw over thirty thousand people come out yesterday. So, um, and particularly now with uh, the pink test in its 15th year, just the, the positive impact. I uh, bumped into Holly Masters on the way in here. Um, already they've raised over $2.2 million uh, for the McGrath Foundation and the incredible, incredible work they, they do. So, um, yeah, there's so much going on around the, the ground, but obviously we all want to see as much play as possible. So they're lifting the covers again, Nick. You might get to call a ball before we finish. <laughs> was it problematic that the best angle of yesterday's disputed catch wasn't available to the TV umpire through the host broadcaster in the separation of broadcast powers that we have in Australia? Well, the broadcasting of cricket is probably the most complicated of any of the major sports. Um, we have a huge number of cameras it's a it's a big production a test match uh, as you know i think um, yesterday was some it was really really uh, fine fine margins um, and the the match referees the umpires are are making the best calls they can with the information they they have available but um you know certainly i think 
now DRS. Uh, we've brought it in for the BBL and the WBBL this year as well. Uh, so the, the, the umpires, the, ref, the match referee, get a huge amount of um, assistance. The margins are very, very fine. And I think, I think, that, um, I think that decision will be obviously debated for, for a long time to come. So the quirk was that Channel 7's Ultra HD camera had the definitive angle, but that's not part of the, the host broadcast setup. Does every single camera need to be fed into the decision-making process? Uh, I think um, it's something we'll think about and, and have a look at and, uh, and review. I haven't... Um, uh, it's not something that we... We'll have a look at that after the end of the test match. Yeah, so that's just a quirk in your mind in the way that our, our two broadcasters operate. Well, I think... Um, I think the, the host broadcaster clearly is responsible for the pictures. That's the feed in into the, the, the match referee. Um, but um, equally, we want to offer uh, both our broadcasters as much opportunity to cover the cricket as, as possible. And that is, that is part of the, the arrangement. But the camera angles and the camera positions that are available to the match referee as part of the host broadcast are really clearly defined. Uh, and that's the information that they have to go on. And I think... You know, I know that the, the, the match referees, the umpires will always make the, the decision, the best decision they can with the information they have available. But it is less than optimal though, Nick, isn't it, that you could sit at home watching one of the broadcasters and have a better idea than the person who's charged with making the decision? Uh, I think that it just shows that the, the margins are, are that, that close. And um, as I say, I think that will be a decision that will be debated for, uh, for, a, for a long time to come. Were you satisfied with the TV deal that was announced on the eve of the test? Uh, absolutely thrilled. Uh, absolutely delighted. Uh, it was a, a hard-fought uh, process, and uh, we couldn't be more happy. I think, um, you know, as well as a, an, an uplift in value over uh, the next seven years, uh, we have further optimised the, the BBL, so uh, moved to, to 43 games, 33 of which will be on available on free-to-air on 7 and 7 plus uh, and then and then 10 exclusively with with fox um, but we've got a, a wonderful program coming up over that period we've got uh, two ashes series two expanded series against india uh, five test series for the border gavaskar trophy um, so i think it gives everyone a great deal of certainty across australian cricket and of course these funds they go to uh, uh, invest in a whole range of different programs from our, our pathway programs, our inclusion championships, uh, our indigenous championships, and uh, most importantly, I think Woolworths Cricket Blast and all the community programs run by states and territory cricket association clubs around the country. So, um, yeah, I think a, a really great uh, continuity as well, um, uh, which is, I think, great for the fans. The pitch had been set up to play, but then the next shower blew through, so this is going to be a really frustrating period. The umpires are out there and the players are milling, but just not yet. The Hessians going back on. Is it odd that a broadcaster that you've been in conflict with for the past three years is now your long-term partner for another seven? Well, I think we've always said that we thought some of the, uh, the, the comments and the grievances were, were unjustified. Obviously, the last couple of years have been extremely challenging for all sports. And I think you know, the production teams, I think you know, everyone across the, the game has just done the most phenomenal job to keep cricket going. Uh, I think what this uh, new deal has done is really reset that relationship. So you know, we've had, obviously, a lot of robust conversations, uh, but we've got to a place where all parties, uh, I think it's a great deal for, for all parties, 
And uh, yeah, in many ways, we've kind of optimized some of the things that were, I suppose, some of the grievances. And in very simple terms, um, now with the BBL being 43 games, it means that all the matches are in great time slots. Great time slots for the live audience, for people to come along and watch. So that's kind of quarter past seven start in the summer holidays. Um, but also great, great on TV. So, if anything, we're losing a few of the games that were, were just maybe a little bit off Broadway in terms of timing. So, is there the concession in that 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 it did expand too far? Uh, I think the ambition and the intent was was great, but clearly the cricketing calendar. I mean, it's very different to any other sport. There's, uh, we've got three formats of the game. We've got the international game and the domestic game. And so I think to rationalise a bit back to um, 43 games, which is, which is more than um, every tournament up until BBL 07. So, you know, it started off at, at 32, 35 games. So, you know, it's still an expanded footprint, but we think we've actually really now found the sweet spot. You know, a five to six week tournament in the school holidays on every night. Um, and... Um, I think that what we've seen this year is that we've seen some, some great crowds, some great matches, and uh, coming out of COVID, uh, we're just really excited about the future of the BBL. I'm a little unsure what the future of Australia Day is going to be in terms of the date, but is there the opportunity, uh, so it won't be next season, but the season after, to try to fix the final to a date and make it make it Cricket's Day to bring that to to a culmination and maybe achieve the ambition that has been spoken about from time to time about what the final of the BBL might be? Certainly we've had some early discussions about the shape of the season now that we've got the Future Tours program locked in. In terms of actually specific dates, all of that will need to be worked through. A lot depends on the kind of days of the week and uh, when things uh, fall, but certainly uh, we'll... Going forward, the, the final, we think, will be right at the end of, of, of the school holidays, within that holiday period, um, as opposed to with a longer tournament now, kind of moving into February. So we expect the tournament to be you know, really that kind of middle of December through to just before the end of, end of January, which is it's the sweet spot for the school yeah, holidays. It is. That was where it absolutely thrived. We're going to have another go here. Uh, the ground has been cleared and the players are on their way back out into the middle. This, it feels like this year's BBL has recaptured whatever it was where weird stuff happens at night and everyone's debating it in the morning and the, the cricket is thrilling and there are circus parts of it as well. Has the BBL rediscovered its mojo? I think, firstly, look, the players are just absolutely loving it. I think it has been a hard couple of years. And we've also seen some kind of great new talent uh, you know, I think the likes of you know, Paddy Dooley coming onto the, the stage have been, you know, I mean, some remarkable things happen. That kind of thunder, 15 all out, and um, but I think it's it's getting back to to what it always uh, should be, which is a celebration um, for families in the heart of the the summer holidays. And we've we've seen some great cricket. I'm particularly excited that now, after this Test match, you know, we're going to see apart from you know the a couple of the big quicks. We're going to see this entire test side coming back out, uh, wearing uh, their BBL kit for their for their clubs, um, and I think that's going to add a you know another real boost for the for the back end of the tournament. But you know it's been very competitive cricket. Um, the middle of the table, it's all to play for, and um, 
Yeah, no, we've just we've been absolutely delighted. Yeah, forty thousand on New Year's Eve, thirty-eight thousand at the Melbourne Derby. How powerful do you think it? So there's been the hope that Australia's players would get back to the BBL in a meaningful way. How powerful might that be? So Nick, we'll mix this in with the live action. So Nokia to Kawaja after the rain delay, and Kawaja plays to off no run. How powerful might it be to have all those Australian players go back to the BBL? I think it's it's huge. Um, everyone wants to see the best the best players, and uh, I think you know more as much as any country we've got, uh, we're blessed with incredible all format players. So, you know, a lot of these players played in the in the T20 World Cup that we won just over a year ago in Dubai. Um, so to see, yeah, you know, I'm particularly looking forward here to the the Sydney Derby with Davey uh, playing for the Thunder, Steve for the Sixes. Norka to Kawaja, who shoulders arms. Did, did Paramount actually have a bid in at the end, Nick, for the rights? I can't go into all the, the commercials, but they were very active all the way through the process, absolutely. Are they being a fraction disingenuous at the moment, suggesting that they weren't really part of it? Uh, I, th I think a little bit. So it's breezy here at the SCG. Nick Hockley, the Chief Executive of Cricket Australia, uh, is our guest just for the, the last little portion of our interview. Norkia Bowles and Kawaja leaves. Um, two quirks. There, there's a, an Australian player in this test match playing with COVID. The, we've moved a long way in 12 months. Are you comfortable with, with the way that's all been laid out as a practicality? I think so. I mean, our medical teams, um, our CMO, I mean, they're so well-versed in this now. And, yeah, I think all the precautions are there. And um, this is something that we've learned to live with and absolutely very comfortable. Kaladja faces up. And Norkia bowls to him. He tucks the ball off the hip and runs it through square leg. It might reach the short boundary. The chase is on a slide. Hook back into play. No. Zondo couldn't quite complete the deed, Marnus Labashain style. It goes for the first boundary of the day. Rotoflex by Blunston. It's off the blade of Kawaja, who's 59. It's two for 152. That milestone comes in the 51st over. Uh, and just, where are I just want to give you time to answer this one at the end of the over. The debate around the run out at the non-strikers end. So we must reform our language away from, from Mancat. I think that's really important. And the, so there's a moral aspect to it. There's an ethical aspect to it. There's a national aspect to it. Do we play our cricket like this or not? As Norkia bowls and Kawaja is in behind it. For Australian cricket, so we had the captain attempt one the other night and then the coach said that's not the way we play our cricket. Is there a, a national debate around do we want Australia's teams entertaining the idea of that particular dismissal? Do you have a view? I think it's a global debate, a global debate for cricket. And I think the main thing is that there's clarity and consistency. And what is clear is that rules. So Kawhi just going to see the last ball of the over, which he'll clip to leg and take a single as it rolls past Paul Rifle. Two for one, 53 into the over. Go on. So I was saying that the rules are the rules, um, but there's also then the spirit of the game. And I think... Um, at the moment, there's probably a little bit of confusion. I think um, the global discussion needs to be let's 
play by the stick to the rules and then everyone's absolutely clear um, and you know the batter the batter needs to take keep their ground um, so I think the rules could not be clearer uh, and I think I think to avoid the confusion, everybody going forward needs to stick by the rules. Do you feel like, so it's a legitimate dismissal in modern cricket? Uh, I think it's an important conversation to have, and I think that conversation needs to lead to a place where there's consistency, no confusion, and it becomes a legitimate dismissal. Rabada to Kawaja, who defends. So if... And I suppose, really, what I'd like to do is encourage the batters to hold their ground yeah. and then we don't find ourselves in this in this grey area, this this difficult situation. Do you feel like it would be divisive if an Australian player did it at the moment? I think this conversation is live, I think it's now, I think it's going to become very clear and uh, I think everyone will have clarity and Kawaja pulls across the line he's played it well, he's knocked it through mid-wicket from Rabada. He sent it out toward the rope under the Brawongul stand. They'll come back for a third as the throw comes into the keeper. Kawaja's 63. Um, but, uh, you know, as between the, um, the match referees globally, the, the umpire leadership group here, you know, it's something we'll pick up and, and have, have discussions about. And as I say, the main thing is, is clarity. So if, would you stand absolutely with an Australian player if they chose to do it at the moment? So Mitch Stark wasn't terribly far away from it at the MCG. He, he went through the unnecessary protocols of warning a batter who was taking liberties. Smith leaves Rabada. Um, would you stand absolutely with an Australian cricketer if they chose to do it in this little period? Or would you advise them just to wait till it's clearer? Uh, I mean, my hope now is that the conversation has become such that batters now hold their ground until the bowlers release the ball. Uh, and therefore it isn't an, an issue. Yep. Um, but I think this conversation is going to move... Smith leaves Rabada. Quickly, um, there's calls now for clarity, um, and so I think in the context of that near-term clarity, then I think we would support players to play by the rules. Do you, so in the, it's more likely it happened in the BBL, and it nearly did. Um, is there anything within the... Uh, that, that could be sharpened within the guidelines of the BBL with the overarching laws in the playing conditions. Tickled down the leg side by Smith, just got it away from Verena. It races to the sight screen for four. Smith's first runs. It's a boundary for Rotoflex by Blunston, not without just a small element of risk. It's, is everything in place for the BBL um, if, we, if we have the Zampa incident? That is actually legal and and dis, and a, a, a dismissal. I believe so. I mean, I think the laws are very very clear, yep. and um, you know, I think the ICC cricket committee they get together kind of very regularly. I'm sure it's an item that will be kind of discussed. And the fact that we're having this discussion right now is is evident that there needs to be absolute clarity. But Rabada bowls and Smith leaves. And that's the end of the over. Two for 160. Um, all right. So uh, I think we've worked that through. Has it been a good summer? Good test summer? Oh, I think it's been a wonderful summer overall. I think it's been a wonderful, wonderful year. You know, if you think about two Ashes wins, early doors, a Women's World Cup win, uh, Commonwealth Games, away tours to Pakistan, Sri Lanka, uh, the T20 World Cup here. We were very disappointed with, um, you know, Australia didn't go further in the tournament, but a fantastic tournament, really well supported. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think comprehensive wins against the West Indies and, and South Africa sets us up well for you know, some really, really important test cricket coming up in India. World Test Championship, I think, you know, it's ours to lose now. We're pretty much there. Uh, and then into and away ashes. So, you know, the, this team, I think they've, um, you know, I think they're, they're enjoying their cricket, hugely experienced. Uh, there's a fantastic atmosphere around the camp. So from that perspective, I think it's been absolutely brilliant on top of the BBL that we've talked about. I think they are a, they are a brilliant team. Norkia bowls, Kawaja leaves well outside the off stump. The, the cricket hasn't been as competitive as a lot of people would have hoped. It, it, does Cricket Australia have any role globally in that? That, that, that suggestion around... Do the big three need to lend a hand to the West Indies, to South Africa, to lift lift the boats in Test cricket, as it were? Well, I think we're already delivering on probably the most important thing, which is being a really active tourist. Uh, and, um, you know, I think increasingly with all of the... I'll just Nork pause. Yep, Norkia bowls. Kawaja's in behind it, and he nudges the ball out through mid-wicket for a single. Yeah, and I think, I think it, it all comes down to balance. It all comes down to balance. I mean, what we've seen for the next period, um, the ICC has also done a, a record broadcast deal for future World Cups. That goes to fund the global game. Um, and I know from fellow cricketing boards, all the players, um, you know, they all care deeply about test cricket as the, as the pinnacle format. So um, I just think this team... So, so enough in, countries care deeply about test cricket, you think, still? I'm... Um, I do believe they do. I think there are there are some there are, are competing pressures, and, and that's where there just needs to be a, a, re, a really a really fine balance. But the World Test Championship, I think, is a great development. Nokia to Smith who leaves. Yeah, uh, where are we? Three to go on the over. Have you ever fancied calling a ball, Nick? Oh, I, I had a go in Sri Lanka, and um, and uh, I was sitting next to to Hads and. We got a wicket, oh. uh, so I wasn't allowed to move. Um, so I think I might just leave it at that one to, uh, um, and stick to stick stick to our jobs. Uh, will you go to India for the Test series? I will. I'm going to go for uh, for the second Test in uh, Delhi. Okay, I might see you there. I think that's where I'll get to as well if if things pan out. Two slips in place. Norkia is bowling to Smith, who's on four. And he's leaving outside the off stump. Nick, thanks for joining us on day two throughout the test summer. We really appreciate it to chew through the issues and to get your views on where things are in cricket, which every week it throws up a whole new set of issues for us. Absolutely. Thanks, Jared, And thanks to all your listeners for all their support and, and for your support and the great calling.